Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. This is Stacking the Box with our NFL insider, Matt Verderam, who's got a phenomenal piece out this week. And live from Dallas, where he's not in prison, even though he looks like he is, there he is, the former offensive lineman, Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, good to see you. You are a free man at this very moment, correct? I I am free. I know it appears that I am in um, a prison. Uh, I am not. I'm a free man. I'm in Dallas. I'm here actually helping a buddy with some combine offensive linemen. I'm I'm at Michael Johnson performance. Well, not typically now, uh, but there's other guys there. Jerry Judy's here. uh, So there's some other guys on the non-offensive line I'll get to watch work out. And I'll talk to a couple of them. And, you know, it's it's funny seeing these kids, these young kids, man. They're just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Have no idea what's what's about to come the next ten years of their life. It's so funny to look back on it. Wait, way to give back, Verderam. You ever been to prison? Uh, I have not been to prison. Although I did visit a prison when I was a kid. They, oh, actually, our school had a program. I think we were like eleven, where it was like a scared straight type of thing, and so they made all like the sixth graders go through one of the state prisons in New York. Uh, it's actually the state prison that Son of Sam was housed in. It's good times. Uh, there you go. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we got a good look, and then half the people I went there with probably ended up in prison. But uh, I uh, <laughs> I escaped free. Just, just so you guys know, I did uh, spend game four of the 1993 NBA Finals in a holding cell after getting arrested trying to enter Chicago Stadium. Bulls and the Phoenix Suns. That's right. That's right, Jeff Schwartz. Jordan scored 55. I saw none of it. Went to court, was fingerprinted, the whole thing. It was frisked in a very aggressive way that I will always remember. So Fondly? You like it? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I can't say with... Uh, I would have hoped that I would have liked it, but in this particular situation, I can tell you, I did not like it. It was aggressive, and it was unfortunate, and um, my girlfriend at the time was in the female holding cell, and it was a it was a treat walking out and seeing her parents, her mother specifically, uh, out there waiting for her to be let out of the female prison while I was still in, uh, while I had already made my how, way out. How long did that relationship last once you were out of the holding cell? It's a good question, Matt, actually. And I, uh, but I, th- I think we did have another good year in it. I mean, the oh, Bulls, wow. you know, the Bulls were in their prime and we were happy. Uh, and so it lasted. Yes, Jeff? Oh, wait. I have one more. I got one more question about this. Yeah. So did you actually make it into the arena? No, see, we were, uh, it's very, very depressing story, which uh, I, learned at an early age never be honest but we had long story short we had tickets we had season tickets so what i had done was took took tickets that was that was you know they would give you home games a through p and the bulls would always sweep series so game p was never going to be used and game o was never going to be used so i took the game o tickets this is before scanning and nowadays i went with those thinking i could just fool the ticket taker give him the wrong ticket walk right through but there was all this focus on the tickets at the time so i got nervous and i got out of line i'm standing on the street and a gentleman walked up to me and said what are you doing and i thought he was a scalper 
straight profiling by me. I thought the guy was a scalper. And I'm like, well, I have these fake tickets. I was going to go in on these, but what do you got? And he's like, wait, 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 what? And then I told him again, I've got these fake tickets. What do you have? And then he lifted up his shirt, got out the old cuffs, handcuffed me to (laughs) young Katie and walked us to the paddy wagon. And I was screaming like, we didn't do it. I can't, you can't arrest me to go to, like I stood outside the bank and thought about robbing it without a gun. They should, they should have taken you in for that. Yeah, it was. It was. Com- feels. It feels over the top. It was complete BS, and then of course it got thrown out. But yeah. I did meet some fascinating people in that cell. Well, I bet you did, including one cameraman. Yes, it weren't fake tickets. You should have said fake. Yeah. they were actual tickets. I have two tickets. Yeah, I, I. You know what I should have said? I brought down the wrong oh, tickets, oh, and I don't know what to do. That's what I should have said. Anything yeah. but the stupid, honest thing I said. <laughs> Oh my god! There, there I were, can see that. Like I can actually see that in my head. The entire thing happened. There, there, there were people that literally tried to scale the fire escapes to get into Old Chicago Stadium, and then there was one guy who had made out a fake camera badge, and had gotten in. He was in the stadium. But he wanted to sit right behind the basket so he could get the sweet Michael Jordan photos that he was going to sell for millions of dollars. So everyone's asking, like, how would you get in here? How do you get in here? He- Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Tells this story, and these guys who were literally trying to get in through you know, like a window crack 50 floors up was like, wait a second, you were in the stadium, but you wanted to be on the floor? They couldn't believe it, and they're they're just dancing around with the cameraman. I'll always remember the cameraman. Saw him in court with my father representing me. Uh, this is this was not the point of this podcast, but thank you very much for indulging. Uh, apparently, I'm the only one that's gone to sl- jail slash prison. No, no drunken nights for either of you. Uh, that that's a whole other story. There, there's a, there's a difference between uh, you know some indiscretions and prison. So you asked if I've ever been to prison. The answer is no. I've never been to prison. I suppose technically this was jail. Uh, All right, let's get into this, team. Gentlemen, let's move on and talk about Tom Brady. The story continues. Apparently, they're not communicating right now. It seems like Brady might go, but everybody knows that it's probably better for him to stay. And we've got this March 18th deadline looming, which is a month away from today. The recording of Stacking the Box. Jeff, uh, where, where is Tom Brady going to end up as you read the tea leaves with the season over and things moving along here? What, what is your sense of the Brady drama? Where is it heading? Oh, he's going to stay in New England as he um, should stay in New England, as I think most people think actually think he'll stay in New England. I think there's obviously rumors of where he might go. But look, there's, there's many reasons why he's staying in New England. First of all, he's 43, right? So his routine is now in New England. He knows every single person in the facility. They have everything catered to the way he likes it. His family is obviously very set in the community. All those things matter when you're at the age he's at. You don't want to go somewhere and start over again. Does he want to go somewhere and be in the offseason program? If he goes to the Vegas Raiders, he's got to be there all offseason. Does he want to go somewhere with no chance to win? Does he want to go somewhere with the, with, with the team – that's to play in the division with Pat Mahomes for the rest of his career. No, that's I think what he's doing is he's pressuring 
the Patriots into making the right personnel decisions on offense to get him back. I do think that if they do not make changes on offense, yeah, he might consider leaving. But they need to, he needs to make those changes. So I, I do think there's a possibility, guys, and, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, Vertoram, that that Brady does not sign with the with the Patriots right when free agency opens. He waits a day or two to see who they sign, who they pick up before going back to New England. If they get Hunter Henry or they get Hooper right. or they get a couple wide receivers, he's one hundred percent back in. But if they get nobody, he's not. He might not go back. To, I don't know where he's going to go. But I think he wants to make sure they're going ahead and grabbing all these pieces to help him out. Verum, he can still play. So you roll the dice, go to the Raiders, live okay. the Vegas dream, do something different. So the written version of Stack the Box goes up every Monday morning on Fansided. I led my column with this and what I think is going to happen. First of all, I'll say this. I think Brady loves the drama and the intrigue that's going with this right now. And you want to know why? Because Belichick has had the upper hand on him for 20 years in terms of control and influence in that building. And now they all have to sit there and wait on what is Tom Brady going to do. And I think Tom Brady loves that because think about it. If someone's your superior for 20 years, you might like a little taste of that power that he has right now. Now, I think smart money is on him going back to New England. I do think that's the case. But I, do, I also think if, if you said to me, is there a chance he goes to the Chargers? Yeah, I think there's a chance. I think if he's going to leave, that's where he's going to go. I think it's possible with Las Vegas, but I think it's much more, po- much more likely that he'd go to the Chargers now. As far as wading into free agency, that is, to me, the ultimate question here because the Pats have a lot of other guys who are hitting free agency. I reported on Monday, Joe Thune, they're very talented, second-team All-Pro guard. He is very likely, per source, to hit the market. They're not going to re-sign him prior to the start of free agency. You look at other guys on that team. Ted Karras did a nice job at center for them. Jamie Collins, a linebacker. Devin McCourty, longtime mainstay at safety. Special teams eighth, Matthew Slater. Uh, Kyle Van Noy. They're all free agents. If they don't re-sign Brady, they can sign most of those guys. If they re-sign Brady, most of those guys are out the door. So do the Pats say to him, look, we're not being held hostage by this. We're not waiting. You either sign with us by X date or we're moving on. Is that possible to do with Tom Brady? I don't know. But I wonder, Belichick's not one to get held hostage. So does he say, look, March 10th, you're telling us right now, and we will sign you to $30 million a year. But if we are not getting your word at that point, we're not getting pen to paper, then you know what? We'll go get Andy Dalton, and we'll resign a bunch of these guys and put weapons around him, and you go play with the Chargers, have fun. Can you even see that as a possibility, Jeff? That's right, Tom. Screw off. I'm well, going I, with Andy F. and Dalton. I, I do think that Matt is right in the fact that they want to know if he's in or not. But I think there's a general understanding they'll come to is like, look, if we get you help, you're in, right? If we pick up and they lay out, and I think and it was reported today that Tom just wants a meeting with Belichick to talk about how they're going to handle the personnel. And if he leaves that meeting with an idea, okay, we're going to target these three tight ends, we're target these seven wide receivers. We're going to target this offensive lineman. And they get enough players in that group, it's understood that Brady comes back. Now, of course, he can screw them and leave. But again, I go back to the ability to win. I cannot think, I cannot imagine that Brady at this age is going somewhere for just a cash grab only. He's going somewhere to try to win. And the Chargers actually, with the weapons they have 
and wide receiver and running back. They need to improve their offensive line, but defensively they'll be very good if healthy next year. That's not a bad option. I know they're in division with Pat Mahomes, but Super Bowl hangovers seem to be real for teams that not name New England. And I do think that he feels that maybe that's the better opportunity. The Raiders, in my opinion, is a straight crash, a cash grab, right? In a state with no income tax and just going for the money. Because they're, they're not winning with that team. No, they're not good enough even with Brady. They're not. They have no defense. The, the Chiefs will score 50 points a game against them if they have to. I do think the Chargers are real. Tennessee's the one team that's kind of lurking in the shadows. I just can't. I'll be honest. It's just a gut thing. I just can't see him in Tennessee. But maybe the Titans say, look, we've got Vrabel. We've got good weapons. We've got a really good offensive line. Come here and we'll win. We don't believe in Tannehill long term. So it's not like we're sacrificing something huge. But ultimately, look, I do agree. The only problem for the Pats with Brady that is real, I believe they have $41 million in cap space. If they sign Brady for $30 million a year, like it's not a long-term deal where you're going to be able to spread that money out like crazy. You're pretty much going to have to give him $30 million this year. And you're going to lose most of, if not all, those free agents I just mentioned. And well, you're going to have a hard time signing more than maybe one real weapon to go with Edelman. Just yeah, saying. You can, you, can, you can make Brady's deal a three-year deal and just guarantee the first one and spread everything into year three. Look, one thing that's going to be discussed throughout this episode today, because we have other subjects to, to talk about contracts, the new CBA is going to change a lot of this. Yes. Because there's going to be a lot of money added to the cap. So New England, and we're going to talk about Mahomes and Dak and these contracts coming up. New England, New England can say, look, the cap is going to go up. We're going to have new TV deals soon. We're going to have a 17th game. We're going to make more money. We can afford to maybe go right to the edge this year or you know, throw money into later years because we know the cap is going to go up. So we signed Brady to a three-year deal now for $90 million. We guarantee 45 of it, you know, basically a year and a, you know, two years worth. We can shove $65, 70000000 million into the last two years of the deal and therefore – you know, when, when the cap goes up a little bit, we'll have a lot of money to play with. So as we wrap up the Brady conversation here, team, if he does leave, which clearly nobody here thinks he will, and I thought Vertoramie made an interesting point that this is the first time that Tom's actually sitting with the leverage, which is, I, 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 I'm not a thousand percent certain that's accurate, but it does feel right. If he leaves, Raiders, Chargers, Titans, you mentioned them all. Yeah. The Niners, let's say they, eh, get out of here, Jimmy. We're, 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 we're going to sign t- Tom because we think we can win a Super Bowl with him right now. If you had to guess on one, where's he going if he does leave? Oh, I, already, well, well, I, I didn't think about the Niners. I mean, that, that was not really considered. I, I'd say Chargers. Yeah, I, I would too. I, said, I know I said that earlier. I think, I think the dark horse is Tennessee because Rabel knows him. And yeah. they're they're really they're very very well built offensively, and with Brady they'd be better. I just think the Chargers, they make the most. The only thing about the Chargers that I you have to imagine would scare the hell out of Brady is that line. Like that line is a major problem. I know Jeff, you alluded to it already. Brady at this point in his career not mobile. Last year there were a lot of times he just wanted to get rid of the ball if he saw pressure, and you know in that division with all the pass rushers those other teams have, like they're coming. Yeah. Those teams, the game plan would be to just hit him and hit him and hit him. So I think the Chargers are the best bet. Uh, but And by the way, the Chargers are motivated as hell to sign Brady if they can. They separated from Rivers, and yeah. they're moving into SoFi Stadium this year, and they have no buzz. They have no fans. 
That you know how bad of a look that'll be for Spanos if they have twenty five thousand of their own fans in that building and it's a road game every time they're playing in a brand. Like it's one thing when you're in that soccer stadium. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. It's quite another when it's your stadium and you yep. have road games in it year one. If you sign Brady, you get a bunch of season ticket holders out of it. You get a lot of buzz. If you go in there with a rookie quarterback... There's some buzz to that, but you're not going to sell the amount of tickets you would if you have Brady. So just food for thought. Carm theory that's not substantiated at all. That is, and, that is a carm theory. And the money, I haven't even considered this portion of it. But just for the record, if you're Chicago and, you've, and you're Ryan Pace and you invested your livelihood in Mitchell Trubisky, you need an exit point that feels somewhat okay and somehow, miraculously, getting in the Tom Brady conversation, like, you know what? We're bringing in the GOAT because we think we can win the Super Bowl with this defense, and we think Tom can push us over the top, and we're not going to wait. Everybody in Chicago would celebrate Ryan Pace to the end of the earth. His job all of a sudden becomes secure. Matt Nagy goes crazy. I mean, it would be a way out of the death that you're in. And, I, and again, I don't think that's on the table at all, obviously, but I think it'd be a great hero move by the Bears if they somehow it's, get in there. It's not a, like nothing you said's wrong. There's two problems. One is cap wise, they got issues. Second one is. Are the weapons better in Chicago than they are in New England? No, but I. Uh, so if you're Brady, why would you go play in another cold part of the city with Allen Robinson and nobody else? I mean, you. That, I, that would be my question. I, I would argue that uh, I guess that Allen was is the is the one guy that you don't have. So you have a marquee receiver. They need help at the tight end position desperately. But at any rate, that's that's my hail mary to Chicago. Getting in the Brady conversation. Let's uh, let's move on, team, into the future. And we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys and what happens with them in free agency. What do you think the Cowboys do, Dak, the whole thing? Matt Verderham, let's start with you. Uh, look, I can't imagine a scenario where Dak gets out of Dallas. I mean, they're not just going to let him hit free agency. So worst case, here, they tag him. But I got to tell you, I think this gets uglier before it gets rosy. Uh, they they dropped the ball, and we've talked about this on off throughout this podcast all year long. They have dropped the ball significantly on Dak Prescott's contract. They should have signed him to an extension before Wentz got paid, before Goff got paid. Because Wentz is getting $32 million a year and Goff's getting $34.5 million, or $33.5 million, I, I believe it is, per year. And guess what? Dak Prescott is better than Jared Goff. And his, his representation is going to look at this and go, well, you're paying him more than Jared Goff's getting, especially with the cap going up. And once Mahomes signs his $40 million a year at extension, we'll get to Mahomes in a little bit here, uh, now, look, Dak's not going to get that. I mean, Mahomes is going to cap the market a little bit as he resets it. But Dak's going to get $36, $37 million a year. And I'm not – look, I'm just going to get ahead of this right now. I'm not saying that in a vacuum, Dak Prescott's worth 36 or $37 million a year. But that doesn't matter because you're not in a vacuum. And, and these, these teams – look, Derek Carr, when he signed, was the highest-paid quarterback in football. Derek Carr was never the best quarterback in football. But he was the latest guy to sign. What do you think he's worth on the trade market? We're trading Dak. traded him? Yes. Um, I say, because you look at what guys are going for right now, you might get a ton for Dak Prescott. First and a second? Right. Two firsts? Right. Okay. Now now you're getting two first-round picks, perhaps. You... You have money to spend. You go out and get a veteran quarterback. I don't think that's a terrible play for the Cowboys. Jeff, you hearing me on this or no? Yeah, so I, I think 
that here's what happens. And first of all, I want to answer something Matt said earlier, by the way. I think both sides are at an impasse with the contract. The, the Cowboys offered them $33 million before the season started. They wanted an extra year. The, 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 the uh, Prescott representatives did not. That's been kind of the holdup. And ever since then, both teams have been dug into their trenches. I think we're getting to a situation where we will look at this in three years and say, oh, that reminds me of Cousins and the Redskins, where both sides are dug into their their price of what they want to pay for the quarterback. The Cowboys are not totally sold on Dak Prescott. Plus, they have a new coach, a new staff. They'll franchise them this year, and they'll kind of go year-by-year basis. Because I think that we've seen throughout the history of the league, especially in the last seven to ten years, if a team wants a quarterback, they're keeping their quarterback, right? We'll see it with Kansas City pretty soon. And the Cowboys, for whatever reason, have not been 100% sold on Dak Prescott. If it was that big of a deal, they just would have given him the years and got him into the you know, got him in the deal. I do not think they trade him. I don't think he's anywhere else next year. But I think that we're looking at two franchise years, and then he's gone. And if he can't win the next two years, he's never going to win. We'll, we'll go get someone else. I, I have a thought on this. I'm curious, Jeff, your thoughts, because you were in an NFL locker room for almost a decade. When they were negotiating with Prescott last year, and they were negotiating, you mentioned he was back and forth for a bit. They obviously couldn't find a common ground. But then they went and they signed Zeke two years before that contract was, yeah. was due. They paid him record-setting money for a running back. I think there are a lot of hard feelings in the Prescott camp over that who said, look, I'm, I'm due to get paid. What are we – like you're paying this guy who's had off-the-field issues, who plays a much less important position, who, who the urgency wasn't there for because they had two years left on that deal. I think a lot of people in that locker room saw that contract – and did, saw the lack of a contract for Dak and went, oh, okay, the Cowboys, they're not, they're not really all in here on Dak. And you better believe that Dak knows the Cowboys aren't all in on Dak. When you have the guy or the person you feel is the guy, you pay the guy. And the Cowboys have screwed around. Now, I think ultimately they're going to pay him because I think Jerry just swallows hard and does it. I don't know if that's this year or next year when it – but that's my feel. I think a lot of people, when that Zeke contract got signed, that was the dividing line for these two sides. Well, I don't know if the players in the locker room feel that way, but definitely Dak's representatives must have felt that way, where you pay the running back all that money. I'm not sure the players in the locker room openly talk in depth about things like that. Maybe they thought so individually, but um, we're just happy anytime anyone gets paid. I trade them, just for the record. you, The Cowboys clearly have shown – by all the evidence that you guys just pointed out that they don't love him, if that's your position, get as much as you can and get somebody in there as a stopgap and, and work on developing your next guy rather than going all in. But I, I, I guess I'm with you, Verderam. You're going to have to trade up. You have to get those first-round draft picks, package them, and move up and get Herbert or Tua. Right. Well, and, and, and maybe – maybe send the franchise for, for Jordan Love – or from or Easton. Now you might go get yourself Ryan Tannehill in the meantime and find someone next year, but or just tank and say we're going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. Jerry, Jerry, you know as well as like Jerry's not tanking. Tank for Trevor would be a sweet play though. Uh, all right, hey, uh, you guys mentioned Patrick Mahomes, and everybody knows he's not going anywhere. Uh, talk about how this is going to work for Kansas City, Matt, where they can actually sign Mahomes, be competitive, and keep the Super Bowl window open for as long as they possibly can. Yeah, so I, I think it starts actually here in Kansas City with Chris Jones. And, and talking to some sources in the league, 
the Chiefs prefer to sign Chris Jones to a long-term deal. I know there's been some talk about tagging and trading him, and I'm not saying that that's completely out of the question if they can't come to an agreement, but these two, te- these two sides, Jones and the Chiefs, they tried to get a deal done last year, and we reported on that extensively. What happened was Jones's camp wanted to rip up the last year of his rookie deal and start a new contract right away. The Chiefs said, well, why would we do that? You, ha- you know, we'll, we'll build off of this but we're, as an extension, but we're not going to rip up the last year. The point I'm driving at is they broke off talks, not because of the, the difference in value they saw. It was more about when the contract would start, and that affected guaranteed money, stuff like that. Now that problem's out of the way. They are hoping to sign him prior to the tag deadline. If they can't do that, they'll tag him, they'll go from there. How does this play into Mahomes? Well, the point... I think they're they're worried about Chris Jones right now and getting that done and getting some cost certainty done. And I think it's going to look a lot like the Frank Clark contract, five years, $100 million, 60-some-odd million guaranteed. And I think the Chiefs should happily hand that over because as Jeff smartly mentioned earlier, when the new CBA kicks in, it's going to be a lot easier to afford some of these contracts if people yeah. right now think are going to be so tied up against the cap. I don't think that's going to be the case by the time Jones is in year two or three of that deal. So with Mahomes, look, they are going to pay him both sides want to get a deal done this offseason, probably in the spring when the CBA is done. Everybody's got an idea of what the future landscape looks like. And I think the reality is, look, if Mahomes wants to go for $40 million a year, he's going to get it. The Chiefs aren't going to you know, nickel and dime Patrick Mahomes. That's just bad business. Maybe you know. I know some fans have said, "Well, would he take less?" I I, I don't know whether he take less or not. I I don't know. I, I, he should. Yeah, he absolutely shouldn't. I agree with you, Jeff. He should not. Um, you know, would he do the Brady thing and take a little? Who knows? I don't know. The point is, is he worth forty million a year? Yes. And if he wants one hundred and fifty million of that guaranteed, he's going to get it. And and the Chiefs are fine with that. He's the best player in the world at the most important position. You pay him, and you figure everybody else out later. But yes, I think. Both sides will do it. The Chiefs have a little leverage because he's still got a couple years on that rookie deal. So they can maybe get a nice structure for themselves. Mahomes got leverage just because he's Patrick Mahomes. If I were Mahomes' representatives, I would wait till the new CBA is done. Absolutely. Um, I know there's a rush, you think, to get some money now. But he was a first-round draft pick, so he got paid. He also has plenty of endorsements. He's getting seven figures easily for all the endorsements he's doing. He's got great marketing people. He's got you know great representatives. If I were him, I'd wait another year. Even, even if you get hurt next year, let's say you get hurt, worst case scenario, then you just play your fifth year option at tons of money, and then you you then you'll be a free agent, right? Like it's it's very rare to ever. I'm talking about just from the risk side for Pat Mahomes. It's very rare for a quarterback of his talent to just have a career-ending injury where he's not going to earn millions upon millions of dollars. So, like, I'm saying, you know, I, I, if I were his representatives, I would not do a deal this offseason. I'd wait till next offseason, till, till the new CBA. Or if, well, obviously one gets ratified this year, then go ahead. But I definitely think, to Matt's point, the Chiefs want to know the cost of their quarterback moving forward. They would love to sign him to a deal this, this year. I think the dream offseason for the Chiefs, okay, is getting Chris Jones signed long-term. I know that's something they want to do and getting Patrick Mahomes just locked up. And then they can, you know what? Then if you're the Chiefs, this is your core going forward. Jones, Clark, Matthew on defense, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, your brother on offense. You are set. If you have those seven players, you want to throw Eric Fisher in there, that's fine. Look, if you have those players, you're set. Guys like Thornhill, guys like Hardman, Naughty, all on rookie deals. The Chiefs are in 
phenomenal shape. You can rotate those pieces around those guys. You're going to win 12 games a year. Okay, so yeah. they're fine at that. And, you know, with the CBA, there's hope it actually gets done before the new league year kicks in a month from today. I, I don't – that feels very I, unlikely. I was going to say now, now – you know, I was going to say you know so much better than even well, I do, but that stuff – Elections you know. coming up in March for representatives. Um, I cannot see something getting done, especially if Ru- Russell Okun becomes the uh, the union rep, which seems like he might the president. He's very much, um, I think, wants to battle the NFL owners. And I think with, with his leadership, I actually kind of agree with him. I think it would be – I just don't know if we're how prepared we are as players to do that because um, we should get more of the pie. It'll take longer to do the seven. No one's going to be done. The 17-game thing, I mean, there's still a lot to be worked out. I don't see it getting done uh, before the league year. Let's, uh, gentlemen, let's get a little Philip Rivers talk in here. And the rumors are that he's going to be an Indianapolis Colt. At least a lot of people are confident that's going to happen. Rivers to the Colts. Does that make Indy a contender, Matt Verderam? For the AFC South, yes. For the Super Bowl, no. Um, now, of course, that's with the caveat of the Colts have, I think it's like $80 million of free agency to spend that they'd like to. And if Chris Ballard goes against the grain of what he's done in the past and he spends a bunch of money, then maybe. But if it's Rivers and some marginal improvements, no, I don't, I don't think so. You because like- I don't know how much – does that make them that much better? I think it makes them maybe a couple wins better than Brissette. I don't think it makes them – like they're going to go 12-4, and 13-3 and three better. And so I don't think they're better in Kansas City. I don't think they're better in Baltimore. I think if Roethlisberger's back and he's healthy, I don't think they're better in Pittsburgh. If Brady's in New England, I don't think they're better in New England. But do I think they could win a division where Bill O'Brien's in charge of the only good quarterback there? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's totally possible. Tennessee, I don't, I don't know that I think Tennessee's going to win 12 games. So, yeah, I think Indy can win the division. I don't think they'd win the Super Bowl. For him, do you, I mean, uh, Jeff, do you like that move for Phillip Rivers going to Indy? So... I don't think anyone should sign Philip Rivers, and I'll tell you why. We've moved to an era now where the immobile pocket quarterback is no longer in the NFL, outside of Tom Brady, and maybe Big Ben, but I'd argue Big Ben is a lot more mobile than people, people give him credit for. Yep. That's over now. Sitting in the pocket and not being able to move is done. The, the, the defensive linemen are so quick and so fast, you can't just sit there and hang out in the pocket. I don't know what the allure of Rivers would be to the Colts other than we have a veteran and, you know, he, I, I guess he's better than what we have. If I were the Colts, I'd spend all the money in building up around, you know, adding adding pieces here and there and then get yourself a Justin Herbert or get yourself a, a future quarterback or even wait till next year. I don't think Phil Rivers is worth it. I, I understand that, you know, you have the money and you got to spend it somehow, but you want a quarterback that can't move in the pocket to be your guy you're leading to the future? Look at all the quarterbacks that were in the playoffs. Outside of Brady, they could all move. Even Ryan Tannehill could move. Well, well, hold on. Based on that take, what do you think about Drew Brees coming back for another year with the Saints? I love it. I, um, I, I just this Taysom Hill stuff is crazy to me. Taysom Hill's complete, attempted thirteen passes in the last two years. He's 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 you know, he's completed six of those. The last like, two years, his career. He's 30 years old. It's, it's unbelievable. I, can't. I wonder how much Florio gets paid to be his PR guy. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. 
That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. I got to tell you, when that came out and then like after that, there were other people. I think there was an article up on Bleach Report by Mike Freeman. I like Mike, but he wrote about how you know, he could be a superstar quarterback and Mike Westhoff's out talking about how he could be better than Lamar Jackson. I, I thought to myself, my God, I believe Jeffrey Nally's his agent. Jeffrey Nally is, is just beaming ear to ear. I, 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 how, how in the world, like, he's, Taysom Hill was good in one playoff game as a gadget player, and people are just, that's it. He could be the franchise. I, so, it, it's insane. So, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's just bananas. Like, he, he's like, you see, he's 30. It's like he's 24 years old. I don't understand this. Bottom line, I think everybody agrees, right, that the Saints are 100% a Super Bowl contender now that Breeze is coming back, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really? write about this eventually, this offseason. When does Sean Payton get some blame for what's happening in New Orleans? They, they've been big favorites in a lot of playoff games they've lost. Um, I, how do you, at this point, how do you, they, won, what, they won the Super Bowl over 10 years ago now. Yeah. How much do you trust them? To win a big playoff game. Well, I'll tell you, I I, th- I still think the Saints are contenders, but I will say two teams are going to have the most pressure on them next year, in my opinion, Baltimore and New Orleans. Because These Baltimore's young. Ba- Baltimore's <laughs> young, but Baltimore now is at two years in a row they've lost at home, and, and last year's was an abominable loss. They got blown out at home by a team that then went to Kansas City and got blown out. Look, I think the pressure the pressure's different, right? Like New Orleans, it's pressure because they've got to win right now. Baltimore, the pressure is different because, yes, they're young, but that's a team that they flamed out the last couple of years in the playoffs. Jackson has been terrible in both of the games. And if they don't win in the playoffs, that's all that matters for them now. Like Nobody cares in Baltimore September through December. It's about January. And if it doesn't go well for them, there's going to be an inordinate amount of pressure, fair or not, on the Ravens. I know that's sidetracking, but it's just the truth. Let's move on, team, to in... Or out. It's Jeff, Jeff Schwartz's Jeff's favorite game. It's, it is Jeff's favorite game. He's so good at this game. It's frightening how amazing Jeff Schwartz is at this game. We've been doing this game for a long time. We don't think that Jeff understands the game. Uh, by his own admission, correct, Jeff Schwartz? No. I have no idea how to do this You, you played in an Andy Reid offense where there's like 38 words to a play call and there's 900 site adjustments, and yet They're in all, or out is what just takes you to I your just, knees. I just spent an hour talking to these kids about safety rotation and how you look for, for zone pressures against two-jet protection. But, um, yeah, this in or out thing is just – it's wild to me. Can but, you, you – know, you, I'm, I'm a pro. I'll make it work. I'm a pro, guys. Let's go. I, I, I Actually, before we get to it, I want to hear you uh, do one of Andy Reid's play calls. Can you can you entertain us with that, please? Um, I mean, I, I get to shut my brain off after the first couple of words. Um, you know, but you know, it'd be like, you know, gun to Trey right, two-jet. And then he lists off every what everyone's doing. It can be shortened up. I mean, obviously, Chip Wasp, all goes special, you know, Z Shallow. Um, there are plays that are more the, the you know, it's, it's funny, short yardage and goal line get the most uh, word, most wordage, verbiage, because there's so many different players on the field and the, the you know, you know, near right, tight, wide left, you know, then you you call a run play, check with a pass play. I like the system. I know people get upset about how many words there are, but I don't mind a system that tells you exactly what you're doing on every play. It tells you why you do this, Z you do this, X you do this. It seems fairly simple. So every guy in the huddle basically is listening for their one key on what they're doing and not paying attention to anything else? 
Uh, yeah, basically. Um, there are some offenses where they add like the chip for the offensive lineman at the end of the play. So they'll, you know, they'll, you know, you know, uh, deuce right, Z off, uh, Y left, you know, 32 duo check. And then, you know, tiger shark, Pittsburgh chip. And you're like, Oh, oh, oh chip. Okay. Like you have to wait the entire time. Um, so <laughs> it's, it can be, it, yes, but in or out frustrating right seven nine six five left right walrus tiger in or out let's start with we haven't heard the last of the garrett rudolph story verteram lead us off here are you in or out that we haven't heard the last of the garrett all right pay pay attention closely rudolph i'm I'm in on that there's no way we've heard the last ah that means you're in so yes so garrett now twice and very publicly, the last time here with Mina Kimes, has come out and said, I was called a racial slur by Mason Rudolph and therefore hit him over the head with a helmet, or his own helmet. Rudolph has vigorously denied it, and a lot of people in the legal field feel like he's setting up for a defamation lawsuit if he needs to, right? I, the NFL wants this to go away as fast as humanly possible. The last thing they need is a court case over whether or not a white quarterback said to a minority player, Hey, you are a blank. Not good. Not, first of all, not good in any realm of life. Really not good when you get the attention that the NFL gets. And they just came off their 100th season and everything's good. Mahomes is this brand new shiny star. And then you've got to deal with that sidelight. Now, look, who's who's right? Who's lying? Who's to, I, I have no idea. Jeff, would that ever no. happen? Well, I'm sorry, man. I'm just curious, though, from your perspective, Jeff. Would that ever happen on the field? Have you experienced that? I have never experienced that word being used in a football field in any level of football. Um, I would just say this. If I had said that, if someone else had said that, it would have been news the second it happened. Um, it would have been said to someone, it would have said to the official, it would have been on ESPN, Schefter would have tweeted out. I mean, it would have been known right away. And the fact that it wasn't, the fact that Mike Tomlin, the Steelers players, they asked, if you remember, they asked the Browns players right at, you know, like three days afterwards. And they're like, yeah, he didn't tell anything to us. Now, I've had other buddies, Chris Long tweeted me and said he heard rumors the following day that something was said. I mean, it's obviously a, a lot different than the, the definitive, um, you know, being told this happened. But again, only two people know what happened. I do not think, by the way, that Rudolph's going to sue him. It's. What, it's as he said, she said. There's no proof of anything right. being said or not said. There's no way to prove it. It wasn't said. Um, it, I'm in on this, by the way. It's not going away. Um, they play this year. It's not. It's just not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Um, I just find also, it. Uh, it, it. Also, look like. Did he whisper to him when Miles Garrett was on top of him? Like when was it said? Right. That, that's the big question I have. It's yeah. like when in what part of that was it? But hey, look, I'm not, again, I'm not saying one of them's a liar. I, who knows? But I am. You there, are. Okay. Yeah, well, absolutely. Then, then take there, the floor. There's no way in my mind that uh, that Mason Rudolph, an NFL player who's in an NFL locker room, quite diverse, all of a sudden is going to drop an end bomb uh, on the. That makes no sense. Why you? Yeah. By the way. His center is African American. Right, it just doesn't like like the two leaders of his offensive line are both African American. I, I I just look it, it conveniently plays because Rudolph, I believe, has tweeted out that he's a Trump supporter, right? So yes. if if you 
again, I don't I don't want to go as far as, as saying Miles Garrett lied. I think that's strong, and it could be true. It could obviously be true. I think possibly maybe he heard something and he thought he interpreted a certain way. Um, obviously, only those two guys know what was said. But your point, I just want to make that point, Mark. That I agree with you that that it just it seems so unlikely that in that moment as they're wrestling, he basically whispers the N-word to him. Uh, he didn't scream it, obviously. Someone would have heard it. So I just – you're right. All the players on this team, they're African-American. I just can't imagine him doing this. Right. I, just, I don't – And aside from the white people on his team who would kick his ass too, like are you – People have said, well, well, Riley Cooper said it. Yeah, he was at a concert with people that look like himself, right? Like there's, I think there's a big difference in, in those two guys – saying the word, which we know Riley Cooper did, and Mason, we don't know yet. Mason was on the field with his teammates. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, uh, Riley Cooper's in a concert with a bunch of white people. That doesn't excuse him, but you obviously can see the difference in why Riley Cooper might have said that term versus Mason Rudolph. I'll say this, and I'll, I'll end it with this. I do think it's telling that Mike Tomlin has been vehement in his defense of Mason Rudolph. Vehement. I mean, went on ESPN – I was put all. Never does that. No, that's what I'm saying. Like he, Mike Tomlin, is putting himself way out on. I mean, he has yeah. just said, "Hey, look, there is no way that happened." And I'll defend my guy. To me, if you're Tomlin and you don't know or you're not sure, you don't do that. Right. If you Mike put- Tomlin has been adamant doing a statement, ESPN, the whole thing that hey, Mason Rudolph did not do this again. Does that mean for sure that he didn't know? But it, 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 but it's a very strong denial coming from his coach, who, of course, look at matters is African American. Like I think that that does that does matter. And if he questioned his character, I don't think he'd back him like that, even if it is his own guy. That would be my guess That's on Mike Tomlin. Uh, let's do the Vikings and specifically Stephon Diggs, Xavier Rhodes. Do they move on? The Vikings will move on from both Diggs and Rhodes in or out. Jeff Schwartz, we start with you. I would say out. I think they move on from Rhodes for sure. Diggs, I don't quite know. Um, ideally, I think you want to keep as many weapons as you can around Cousins. Obviously, the package you get back for Diggs will be important in this conversation. I think Rhodes is definitely gone. Uh, Diggs, I don't know, so I'll say out. I'm going to go with in, and it's not a report, just a gut. I, Rhodes is going to be gone. He's not played well at all since signing his new deal, and they need cap space in the worst way. In fact, I think they're over the projected salary cap over $10 million. So they need to get under that cap number. He'll be gone. Diggs has been tweeting out all these weird cryptic things. Like, And then obviously earlier in the year he wanted to get traded, and then, and then they made nice, and he played really well in the middle of the season. I wonder if, if general manager Rick Spielman says, you know what? If we can get a first-round pick for you, real high second-round pick, we're good. It's one of the best draft classes for receivers in 20 years. We will replace you. We will move on. I'm not saying that for for sure, but I do think when you look at the Vikings and their situation, yes, Rhodes is, is unquestionably out, but I could also see the Vikings saying, hey, if we can get something for Stephon Diggs that we really like in a class that's this loaded at receiver – it might be the right time. It might be selling at a high enough point to make it worth their while. I would gladly trade a second-round pick if I was any team that needed a wide receiver for Stephon Diggs. He's terrific. I, I would, I'd take him all day. And I like the character there, too, even though he does do some cryptic stuff, as you're pointing out, Matt. Hey, uh, let's do Le'Veon Bell. 
Here it is, Jeff Schwartz, starting with you. This is the most confusing in or out. Le'Veon Bell will be with the Jets come week one, in or out. He will be with the Jets come week one. I will say in. He will be on the team. Um, I I just don't think they're going to move on from him after one year. It it makes no sense. I know that that Gates wasn't all excited about him, and I think Douglas came in after they signed him, right? So maybe he will be gone, and the the value in running backs might not be there, but – there doesn't seem to be any issues right now with with what's happening. I think that it's more likely he stays for one more year. They try to get as many weapons as they can for Darnold, and they you know they give this a go with Gase in, in year two. I think they want to keep as much if they can afford to it. I think they can keep as many weapons as possible around around um, uh, young Sam Darnold. If you're the Jets, I'm uh, by the way, I'm also in on this. If you're the Jets. I get why you'd want to deal him. High cap number. He didn't play well last year, which is exactly why. Why would any team want to deal for him? He's a running back approaching his late 20s. And the Jets, by the way, if they trade him, have to eat money on this. Like, so the Jets are going to get nothing in return because nobody's going to offer them anything of value. Like, and to expand on this point, I've seen multiple reports now about, like, well, the Cardinals might trade David Johnson. Who the hell is acquiring David Johnson? David Johnson has been a hood ornament the last handful of years. He can't move anymore. He got hurt. It sapped his agility. He's been terrible to the point they, they, they traded for Kenyon Drake and basically just parked David Johnson on the bench. And he's got this huge cap number the next couple of years. And I've seen, like, well, you know, the Cardinals might move. For what? I mean, maybe if the Cardinals attach a second-round pick to him, maybe some team with a ton of cap space would go, yeah, okay, fine, we'll take the pick and we'll just let him rot and, and then cut him for a year. I've seen the same thing with Todd Gurley. Would the Rams move Todd Gurley? Who the hell is trading for Todd Gurley? It's not Riddick Knee. Nobody's trading for Todd Gurley. And I think it's the same thing with Le'Veon Bell. Look, teams are not going to take a big contract on with a running back who averaged three and a half yards a carry last year. It's not happening. Like the Jets would have to trade Bell and a day two pick. And, and there's no way that's happening. So I no I I think I think Bell is is going to be there despite the reports and the rumors otherwise. All right, last one team in our in and out segment, the Redskins. Let's bring them up with Big Ron Rivera. The Washington Redskins will be notably is how this is written notably better with Ron Rivera in 2020. We're not talking about one win, even two wins more, but a borderline contending yeah, playoff 500 team, 500 team, something like that. Matt Verram. Are you I, are you betting on Ron Rivera in or out? I'm, I'm actually kind. I'm in. I I think. Of you're in. I, I don't think they're a playoff team. I almost go that far, but notably to me, seven wins, eight wins. Yeah, like I. First of all, the division's not good. Okay, the Giants are terrible. I have no idea what's expected. The Cowboys should be really good, but I have no idea if they actually will be. The Eagles. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. It seems like, look, they're really talented, but there's always injury issues. Always. Every year. They're gonna, <coughs> the Redskins play a last place schedule, and Ron Rivera is an actual head coach, and a good one. And he's going to have a real staff with him. They have the second overall pick in the draft. They're either going to trade back and get a ton of picks or they're going to get Chase Young out of this whole thing. They, they actually have some guys up front like Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. They've got money to spend in free agency. Uh, say what you want about Dan Snyder, and he's hopeless, but, but he will spend money. They're not cheap. 
So I look at them and say, if Rivera can get the quarterback straightened out with Haskins, and obviously this is a big year for him, year two, if you can get that working and they spend money wisely, like I'm not saying I think they're going to win the division. Be a play. I don't think that. But could they go 7-9, and nine, maybe 8-8? Eight and eight? Yeah, I actually think they could. I think they're going to be much better. I think Ron Rivera is a fabulous coach. Everyone's healthy, right, which is a problem. With, he wasn't very good when Cam Newton wasn't healthy. Well, guess what? Dwayne Haskins is healthy, right? Um, they have talent on that team. They're going to add Chase Young, presumably, so they have an even better defense. Ron's a defensive coach. Heck, yeah, they're going to be better. Um, I think six, seven wins probably about right, in my opinion. That's a big jump in one year. So, yep. uh, yeah, they're going to – they can't be any worse. Ron Rivera is, to Matt's point, a real coach. I'm still stunned that he actually took the job. I thought Ron could have gone wherever he, he he wanted, and yet he willingly signed up to work for Dan Snyder. I I was surprised. Still, I'm surprised, but but ho- hopefully it'll work out. All right, let's do our final segment, team. Looking forward as we uh, get closer and closer to the combine, which is a month uh, from today. Correct, Matt? Or am I no, right? no, free agency is a month from today. I'll uh, be at the combine a on week Monday, from today. A week so from today. Six days. So yeah, a week from today. Correct. Um, Ryan Pace, by the way, is speaking a week from today. I good, hope. good luck. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be talking to him. Feel, feel, feel free to send me all the, 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 the pearls of wisdom from the Bears general manager. Uh, what do you expect to be the biggest story of the combine? Verram, you're going to be head, headed there. What do you got? You know what? I can't remember what I wrote on the outline, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna wing this. Uh, you want me to tell you what you wrote on the sure, outline? Sure. What did I write? You wrote, "Do the Bucks use a tag on Jameis okay. Winston?" So that is okay. So the combine, everybody always thinks of it as all the all the you know rookies showing up and 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 the top couple hundred kids in the class working out, doing interviews, doing their medicals. Which, by the way, the medicals and the interviews are far more important than anything NFL Network's going to show you on television. But I am actually looking forward to what really happens at the combine which is all these free agency rumors, they start to become crystallized and start to become real. Right now, people, for the most part, are kind of a little bit of guesswork, trying to connect some dots. I know free agency, technically the tampering period doesn't start until March 16th, and we all know that the NFL would follow that by the T. They'd never tamper. But maybe in some cases, some agents sit down with some teams and they talk about some things. Maybe they talk about the rookies that they have. Maybe they talk about some free agents that they have, and they start to figure out exactly where things fall. And I think by the time the Bucks leave Indianapolis, they're going to have a real good idea of, A, what's going on with Shaq Barrett, who they really like to keep. And then also, how are these other quarterbacks going to fall? Because if a bunch of other quarterbacks are going to become available, is Jameis Winston still their guy? Now, I have it on good authority for people in the league that they have really they, – look, they've stuck by him. They still really like him. Jason Light drafted him. Jason Light got a five-year extension. Okay, They believe in him. They, they love him in the building. Uh, but Bruce Arians – does he still love him? That's the question. 30 interceptions, that's a lot to love. So do the Bucks say to themselves, you know what, let's tag him, let's, let's try to you know, take it, run it back another year, or do they say, you know what, we heard so-and-so is going to be available? Maybe we're willing to kind of see what's out there. I, my money's still on Winston getting a tag, but, you know, weirder things have happened. I think – Winston's part of the equation. To me, it's just the entire class of quarterbacks. This is where I think we'll get some clarity as teams start meeting with with representatives. On the college side, really quick, though, I mean, Tua's hip and how he medically checks out, I think is going to be huge in this yep. situation. I think teams are going to start falling in love with Herbert even more when they get him 
on the board, in the room, when they see him throw and work out. There's going to be a lot, I'm telling you, we're going to leave the combine with a lot of rumors about Justin Herbert moving up draft boards. He is built for the combine. He is 6'6", he's 240. Matt, you saw him down at the Senior Bowl. He looks the part. He's charismatic. He can speak the part. He's 3.9 GPA. He's going to throw rockets the entire time he's there. We're going to hear a lot coming out of the combine about Herbert, and we've already seen some reports. I know the Dolphins, this is legit. They're, they are literally, they're high on Herbert. I don't know if they're as high on him as, as the report that was we saw yesterday, but they like Herbert a lot. Um, and so we're going to start seeing more and more reports, I think, of Justin Herbert as possibly the second quarterback being taken. Well, listen, I, I, I did get a chance to speak with him down in Mobile, and he's very impressive. He is going to do very well in these interviews with these teams. He's going to have a couple teams falling off. I totally agree on that. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure to be with you today. Jeff Schwartz, you moved around a bunch during the uh, show here. I, I hope you're okay. It seems like well, there's... It's uncomfortable yeah. in prison. I'm, I'm, I'm like on a couch, so like I'm not like... I'm not like in a chair in my, in my office, and so I'm very... Yes, my back... I'm going to go stretch right now. My back's a little tight, a little seizing up a little bit. It's okay. What about a nice, solid yoga to your midday right now? Just get in there and... What's today? Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. No, Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. Wednesday is my yoga day normally, but I'm out of town. I'm going to miss it. Oh, wow. You actually, the fact that you have a yoga day is impressive. When's your yoga day, Verderam? Uh Sometime next well, century. Yeah. To be fair, I actually do Pilates on Wednesday. Uh, okay. And I, had, I had a stretch lady for two years. She left. She got a full-time gig with a baseball player. And so now I've incorporated 30 minutes of yoga at the end of my Pilates to make up for for Dawn leaving me, I'm really upset Dawn left me. She's the best. Who'd she leave you for? Uh, a a um, one of the best players in baseball hired her to be his personal body person. Mm, that's it's amazing. Shame. It's a shame. I really wish I had somebody like that in my life, or just somebody to do anything for me. All right. I, I imagine, by the way, that she's getting like big money, half half a million dollars. Like, like like all together like expense living expenses traveling to every city like he's paying for to travel to every game every city spring training like and then paying her salary for a year like i i i think it's i think i was like yes please take that job don't stay in charlotte just for me you know you know (laughs) a gig i heard that's super interesting as we wrap up here there are people out there for guys in your profession jeff who when they move Coaches specifically, they come in, they pack up your whole apartment, they go to the next location where you're going. Tom Brady, are you listening? They size up where you want to live, they find the apartment there, they get the stuff shipped, they unpack it all, they hang it all up, and they leave you a note. Here's your dry cleaners, here's where the grocery store is, here's where you can get a pizza, here's where you get a great steak. Two miles this way, and, and so you you and when they come to the new location, they stay in the hotel, put up by the team for a little bit, and then they move into their place. Never lifted a finger. That the that's a great gig. I'm sure there are. I have, I've had people pack up my stuff before. It's kind of nice. I unpacked it myself, but yeah, this um, this is a, this is a whole other level. No 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 packing, no unpacking. And, I kind of like. I've lived in I lived in four cities in four years. Uh, but too much. I kind of like finding new places on my own. Well, I'm in Dallas right now. Hey, I, I spent all morning scoping out my lunch spot. I'm gonna go I'm down gonna, the street right now. So we can shut it down on this note. When I when I moved to Chicago, 
I stayed in one uh, apartment for a year by myself and uh, then moved in with my now wife. And Carm actually helped me move my couch out of my apartment. Oh, yeah, that was a big thing, Jeff. I, bar- I barely oh. knew Vertoram. The guy's like, can you come and help me move? That's like, like best friend for stuff. a year. I need your help with a couch. Regardless, the point of the whole thing is, so Carm's on WGN Radio out in Chicago, <laughs> and we're, we're moving into her new condo that she bought. And I was got, openly we've got, complaining. We've got the radio on, the WGN, and Carm is complaining about our move on the air as we're moving the stuff. It was an all-time, and I called them up. It was great. We got on the air. Chicago got to hear the whole I'm thing. Like, I'm like, it was great. It was great radio. This guy that I work with, who I may do a podcast with someday, is now asking me to go move his couch. I wouldn't do it for my best friends, but I work with the guy every day, so I feel like I got to do it. That's right. But I, but this is this is terrible. I mean, who, what type of person asks for such a thing? And and of course, the, all of Chicago was with me. And then Verderam called in and, and defended himself. I mean, would you move somebody that you that you just work with, Jeff? I mean, I love Matt, and I and, and I was you know I got to go to his wedding and all that type of stuff. But like we we. Have and we're not, you know, hang out every day, guys. The reason why I like working by myself at home is I don't have to see anybody. <laughs> I kind of side with you, Mark, here. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, screw him. Me. I had a heavy couch. <laughs> my neighbor texted me yesterday and said, hey, I have a chair that I bought. It's waiting outside my door. I won't be home till Thursday. Can you move it to my backyard? I wasn't in town, but uh, so I still get I still get asked for that. Yes, he is a big guy. These things are going to happen. All right. Yeah. Matt Verderamp, look forward to hearing everything from the combine when you go on down to Indy. Jeff Schwartz, great to see you. Stay, stay, Stay classy, stay free, all right? I will. Subscribe to the podcast, Stacking the Box. Give a rating, tell a friend. We appreciate you listening. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. to go so all out for my birthday yes we did because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their this is jamie from progressive no this is a great time progressive protects you 24 7 mm-hmm oh i'm sorry that happened <clears throat> jamie can you hold on one second uh, i gotta take this call but remember birthdays are about togetherness Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.